This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. My message to you this afternoon is titled, The Fight for the Word. The Fight for the Word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that as I stand in front of your congregation, Lord, under the grace of our pastors, I thank you, Almighty God, that your spirit will enable me to speak your word with boldness. I pray, Father, that I will be able to rightly divide the word of truth this afternoon. I pray, Father, that may you give us ears to hear so that hearing we may understand. I pray, Father, that you may give us eyes to see that seeing we may perceive. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the greatest fights, we're talking about prayer, and you know, as, I was in, as I've been in church, I'm, I've heard about spiritual warfare. And especially if you hang around people who love to pray, we talk about spiritual warfare. But I want, and I want to say to you this afternoon that one of the greatest fights that is in the believer's life, greater than the fight against your marriage or your health or your finances or anything else in your life is the fight against the word of God in you. That is our fight. When the written word of God, the written, when the written word of God is planted in a heart, in a man's heart, is believed upon, and is spoken, there's a guarantee that the things that have been spoken are going to happen. When an inspired word of God, an inspired word that a man of God delivered for a, delivers for a particular season, when that word is believed by the hearers, when that word is spoken as it has been declared, the things that the word says are guaranteed to happen. And in this season, we have got a word that has been declared to us. And I want to tell you, church, that this word has got the potential to do what it says. It's, we, we, we not necessarily need to pray for that word to happen. We need to believe that that word is going to happen. You see, the believer's life is about the word of God. If you look at it, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, I'm sure some of the scriptures will be coming up there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. The Bible says that having been born again, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible by the word of God that abides and endures forever, which means that the believer's life, you are actually conceived by the word of God. You are born out of, God, out of the word. The word of God is the thing that brought the new creation to you and I. For, for you and I to be called children of God, it was because the word of God came into our hearts and conceived the, the most, the greatest miracle that can ever happen in a person's life, which is the miracle of being born again. It, it came by the word of God. 
if we gather and there's not a word that is being proclaimed, nothing will happen. People are not saved when the word of God is not being declared. We are born by the word of God. It is the word of God that came into my heart when I was only 17 years old. It was the word of God that I received. And it came and it changed my life. Apart from that, if we go to the to second first Peter again, um, chapter 2, verse 2, it says that now as, as newborn babes, remember I'm saying that we are born of the word. The Bible says that now you, when, when, you are, when you come into the kingdom of God and you are born again, you are a baby. You, 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 are, you are just like an infant. And the Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Which means that as milk is to a baby who has just been born naturally, so is the word of God to somebody who has just given their life to Jesus. You see, if you are not feeding on the word of God, you remain, you, you, your growth is stifled. You don't grow. You don't develop. Why? Because you must have the word of God in order for you to grow. Are you with me? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, he says that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Meaning to say that we are born of the word. Our growth is by the word. But Jesus says we live by the word. So our sustenance, what sustains the believer, as bread sustains the natural man, the believer is sustained by the word of God. And, you know, the Bible says so much about us believers that as we... We are in a warfare. From the day you get born again, there's a war around you. But God equips us again so that we can fight the battles in our lives. But you know how do we fight those battles again? By the word. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand, talking about the word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 talks about they're taking, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Meaning that as pastor is declaring that we need to take territory. How do you take territory? You take territory when you are equipped, when you are armed. And our weaponry is about the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. You know, I was in Namibia when the transition that happened in Zimbabwe happened. But we're watching on social media and on the news. And we just started, we just started hearing that there are tankers that are moving around from, from, from different barracks. And then you see, those men were in an agenda to take over. But they were not just going to do it unequipped. They had the greatest resources that we have in this nation. And they began to move towards the capital. Now I'm telling you that as believers, our weaponry for taking over is the word of God. If you don't have the word of God, you're not going to take over anything. 
You need to take possession, take territory, but you do it by the word of God. It is by the word. We believe in building people, building dreams, building the kingdom of God. You know what the word of God says about that? Acts chapter 20 verse 32. It is the apostle Paul who is now leaving the church in Ephesus that he has been pastoring. And he was now leaving them. Of all the things that you could leave them with. He says, I now commend you unto God. And to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Meaning that the word of God is able to build you up. Building people how? By the word. Your life is built by the word. I said, as an infant, the word can be milk. But what about for the grown up? The word of God talks about it can also be the meat of the word. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 18 and 14 talks about that he who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. But strong meat belong to them that are mature, who are of age. To what is this strong meat? It is the word of God. That's why your greatest fight is to take the word out of your life is to take the word of God out of your life because it's either people don't get born again or they get born again but they don't develop or they develop but they get to a place where they can not longer sustain themselves or they cannot take territory or they cannot build, they cannot be built up. The fight is against the word. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me. And it says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said unto me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. You see, God's, God's power is released when his word is released. God says, I watch over my word to perform it. Meaning to say that, you know what? Your situation might be urgent. Your situation might be desperate. Your situation might be the worst of the worst. But if there's no word of God in your life, God's power is not going to be released. God says, I want to move in your life, but I have to watch over my word so that I can perform it. My question is, do you have the word? We want God in our lives, but we have the word that he can perform. What can he perform in your life? Is there a word you are speaking? Is there a word you are declaring that God can perform? Every season, every new season comes with a specific word. Every new season in our lives comes with a specific word that tells us what we ought to do, that tells us where we should go and the things that we're supposed to accomplish. 
And this year, 5778 is a season. And there's a specific word for this season. See his kingdom. Share his love. That's a word for this season, brothers and sisters. That's a word to sustain us. That's a word to give us victory. But there's going to be warfare unleashed upon the people so that you doubt that word. Can you imagine the excitement that we had on the 31st of December wanting to hear what is the word for this door? What is the word for this new season? But I'm telling you, by March, a lot of people would have forgotten what was declared for the season. Say to your neighbor, it shall not be so. But how does the enemy fight the word of God in us? We see this clearly highlighted in the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 13, if you can go there. Matthew 13, verse 19 to 23. So Jesus gives the parable, gives the parable of the sower, and he says, A sower went to sow the word, to sow seed. And some seed fell by the wayside, some seed fell among the stones, some fell among the thorns, and some on good ground. And then where I want us to go to is verse 19, when he's now giving them the interpretation of the parable. Because if you read it in Mark's account, the disciples asked him, what is that parable? What does it mean? And Jesus said something very profound. He said that if you do not understand this parable, how then are you going to understand all parables? The parable of the word of God. Verse 19 says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understand it, it's not. Then comes the wicked one and, catch, and catches away that which was sworn in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. So it means that here we see something. The Bible tells us that they heard the word. Hearing was not a problem, but the problem was they did not understand it. When you hear a word, a message, when you read the word of God and you do not understand, the Bible says that immediately the enemy or Satan comes to steal that word. The word that you do not understand is always taken away out of your life. So our mandate is to understand the word of the season. Because if you don't understand it, you know when... We, we, you, you, when you hang around people, sometimes we, we refuse to understand certain things. Or we don't give ourselves time to study so that we can really understand the word. And, and, some, and, 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 and when we hear about the... the, the, the in fact, for, for starters, why do we call the year 2018 5778? Someone is already lost there. What is this 5778? I know it's 2018. And then when we get to talk about Ain, oh my goodness. Immediately you, 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 you shut off your mind and say, I don't understand it. Why are we being taught this Hebrew? Let me tell you something. If you do not understand the word of the season, the enemy is going to come and you will steal it out of you and you will not experience the things being spoken out of this word. 
Secondly, verse 20, ye that, but ye that received the seed into stony places, the same is ye that heard the word, and anon with joy they receive it. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Whew. The second one, the one that fell among stones, the Bible says that is he who received the word of God with joy. But when persecution comes for the word, persecution is coming because of the word. You have yet about the word of being, about the word of healing. Then your body, more sickness begins to come. What is it? What is being fought? What is being fought is that is the word that you have received. You hear the word on prosperity. You hear the word for a season. And then the enemy comes with persecution, trials. And you begin to experience such difficult times. How many of you can, can, can say, you know what? The moment I started understanding and wanting to really commit myself to the things of God, it was like things just started to turn upside down. My life looked like it was, it was better before I got serious with God. You know what is happening, my brother, my sister? The enemy wants to take the word out of you. Trials and persecution, they arise because of the word. And sometimes as believers, when we see a brother going through trials and persecutions, we, we start asking each other, what have they done wrong? Are they... Are, are they, they, they there must be some unconfessed sin in their lives. Hey, let's not judge one another at that place. Maybe the persecution is being attracted by the word. They are meditating in their lives. It's nothing to do. We are just like the disciples who saw a man was blind. And they quickly, their conclusion was, who sinned? Was it him or his parents? How could he have sinned when he was born blind? Sometimes the persecution you are facing is to take you out of the kingdom, is to take you out of church, is to take the word out of your life so that you give up. Thirdly, he also that received seed among thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, shock the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Again, all these temptations, they are coming so that they might shock the word. They might shock, just get the word out of you. And we, we become deceived or we become so consumed about the needs in our lives. We forget that what is being fought is not necessarily the fact that we must not eat, but it is the word that is trying to be choked through worry, anxiety. How many of you know that when you are so worried and when, when you're full of anxiety, you don't have faith, you are not standing on faith, you're full of fear. I have been there. Well, you know, sometimes you, you just don't want to wake up. You feel so depressed and you're asking yourself, but I'm serving God, but I'm doing these things. Why? And sometimes you begin to ask yourself, maybe I'm doing too much of these things of the kingdom, whilst others are chasing money. 
And so, the challenge, the temptation is that you begin, you start thinking like, if I can only get a little bit more money, I think I'll be happy. Or maybe you get so desperate, if I can just get married, then I think I'll be happy. And so you fall for anyone. Their profile doesn't suit what the word has been teaching you. But because you're facing challenges, they want to choke the word out of you. The fourth is he that received seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understand it. Listen to these things. He says, number one, he hears the word. Number two, they understand the word. Which also bears fruit and brings forth some fruit and hundred, some six and some thirty-fold. If you read this same account in the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 15, it talks about they hear the word and they keep it. And then with patience, or with endurance, they produce fruit. So here's what we're talking about. That for the word, the word of this season, the word you meditate on, for it to produce in your life, you must hear the word. Then you must understand it. How do you get to understand something? If you talk to someone and you, 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 you explain and you explain, until they get to a point where they say, I see. You know now they've understood. When they can say, I see. Which means that to understand means that you can perceive the things that are being spoken of. You can see them. You know, this is how God created you and I. God created us. We think in pictures. So if I say dog... Oh, okay, let me, use, let me pick another animal. If I say hippopotamus, now, a good number of you do not know how to spell the word hippopotamus. So, you don't see the words, but you see the picture of the animal. And so I can change your picture, and I can say a big hippo, opening its mouth very wide, you see, that's why somebody who speaks fluent English can, have, can fail their ordinary level English. Because the English they speak, they, they, are, they are painting pictures. But when it comes to sitting for an, for an exam, they have to write the cor correct grammar, they have to write the correct spellings. But we are conditioned to think in pictures. Are you with me? So when some, if you really want to know, have you understood what has been said to you? Do you understand this word? It means that can you see it? Can you perceive it? That's understanding. If you cannot have a picture of what the word is saying, that word you have not understood it. God did it. <laughs> God went to a man called Abraham. Now, Abraham is about 100 years old, and he's childless. And God begins to tell him that your seed shall, be, shall, 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 shall become a, a great nation. Your descendants shall be in multitudes. You know what God, God you know, 
For somebody who has gone for so long, I believe, without a child, maybe he begins to think that, okay, if my descendants get to a hundred, I think it would have become a multitude. If they get to a thousand, ooh, because this is somebody, because they are, the way they perceive things, because one is good enough for somebody who has gone for so long without. But God wanted Abraham to really understand what he was talking about. Do you know what he did? He says, come out. Look up. Count the stars. If you can number the stars, so numerous of your descendants, what's going, what is God doing? He wants Abraham to perceive what he's become. He wants him to have a picture of the things he's talking about. That's understanding the word. Can you see when, can you see yourself healed? Can you see yourself prosperous? Can you see your church growing? Can you see yourself doing exploits? If you can't perceive it, you, if you can't visualize it, you don't understand the word. When you understand it, then you become Luke 8, 15 talks about that. They kept it. They kept and, and, and they receive the word and they keep it. When something is kept inside, it means that you, you become it. So when you can see the word, what does our mother say? You become what you behold. Can you see it? If you can see it, you can become it. Then once you have become Hallelujah. Once you have become, then doing is just like breathing. Because it's who you are. Hallelujah. There's a story in the Bible about a great man called John the Baptist. Luke chapter 7 verse, from verse 19. This is where we see the story of John the Baptist. Now you've got to understand John. John was very unique and peculiar. John, John in, John's encounter with Jesus started when John was still in his mother's womb. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John and Mary had just conceived Jesus. When Mary went to greet Elizabeth, John leaped for John. He recognized that, hey, somebody who has made contact with me is greater. That is John. John he says of himself, he says that he that spoke to me said to me, on whom you shall see the spirit descending in the form of a dove, he is he. John is the one who when Jesus was walking by and he saw him, he said, hey, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of this world. And then, and then when the Pharisees came to ask John about who he was, and they're saying, are you the Messiah? He says, no, I'm not. They say, are you the prophet? He says, no, I'm not. He says, tell us, who are you? And he says that I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way. You know, he, he knows his purpose. This is John we're talking about. But here, and, 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 and they tell John and they said, the one you baptized is now baptizing more people. They say, John says, no, no, it's not a problem with me. That one must increase, but I must decrease. 
says, I'm, I'm, I'm not Jim. I'm not the groom. I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. Hallelujah. But this same John is arrested by Herod and is put in prison. In prison. And in Luke 7, verse 19, when he heard about the things that Jesus was doing, remember we're talking about persecution coming to fight the word. For John, the word is, the, the enemy wants to fight the word because the moment John begins to doubt the word that he has been speaking, he's, he's done. It means that he lived a lie. It means that he lied to the whole nation. It means that his whole purpose, he missed his purpose. But John sends his disciples and says, go ask him, are you the one or should we wait for another? Hey, John, are you not the one who said, who told us that he is the Messiah? <laughs> My brother, it doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord. Persecution can be channeled against you. All the demons that operate in other people's lives can be withdrawn. Leave them alone. Let's target this one. And you who used to preach to others, you can get to a point where you begin to doubt that same word that you used to declare to others. John experienced it. John is now saying, should we wait for another? Hallelujah. Jesus said about it. And you know what Jesus did? The Bible says, when those people asked him, who had been sent by John, Jesus, the Bible says, for an hour, Jesus cleansed the lepers, healed the deaf, opened the blind eyes, he performed some miracles. And the previous verses you want to read, he had raised somebody from the dead. And then he said to, to, to the people, he says, go tell John what you see and what you hear. How that the blind eyes are being opened, the deaf are hearing, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised from the dead. The gospel is preached to the poor. Happy is he who is not offended in me. But the greatest part happens as the disciples went, Jesus, the messengers are going back to tell John this kind of an answer. Then Jesus began to speak to the people and says, what did you went out to see in the wilderness? And he begins to tell some powerful things about John. And he says to them, hey, can I tell you something? You went out to see a prophet. I say to you more than a prophet. Amongst all men who are born of a woman, there's not reason greater than John the Baptist. He begins to tell them how great John is, but he's not telling him this answer to the ones who came to ask about John's inquiries. I said to myself, these are some of the things you would want to hear. You know, have you ever been in a place where you just pray and you're feeling like, you know what, God, I need to encounter at least an angel. <laughs> Things are so tight. You need something more, but you don't get it. I believed John probably needed something more. 
as a young man, I was a youth leader in our church when I was still in Highfield Church. And you know when you're a youth leader and you're single? And so my pastor, my mentor, he had raised us in such a way that we were so disciplined. And so I said to myself, and I would preach it to the, in cross couch, and I would tell them that, no, no, you don't just, we don't date in this church. We do courtship. Just wait, when you want to get married, that's when you look for somebody. So I was growing. So I got to 27. And um, I found someone. And everyone knew about it. And immediately I went to my pastor, I showed them, I'm trying to set an example. I'm the youth leader, I want to set an example. Three months down the line, the relationship falls. You know what we used to ask? I used to ask people when their relationships don't work out, and I say, did you pray before you approached that girl? <laughs> now you are experiencing it. And I'm so, and I'm so hurt, I'm so heartbroken, I'm so ashamed, I'm, I'm like, I've failed. And so, I immediately called my pastor and I said, Pastor, this is what has happened. One, I was being accountable. Two, I didn't want him to hear it from other people. And so, I told him, you know what he said to me? You know, you, you're expecting, like John, you're probably expecting that he's going to comfort you. He's going to say some nice things. Do you know what he just said to me? He said, but, and we know that all things work together for good. <laughs> to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, be strong. And then he hung up. And so, I called another friend who, was a, who is a pastor again, an accountable, and I told him, this, and this one was much nicer. So he drove all the way and came to my workplace, and, 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 and we began to talk about it. And, he say, and, and I said to him, you know how I feel? I feel today like the earth should just open up, swallow me, and just close up. And you know what he said to me? He said, but see, the earth is not going to open up. It's not going to swallow you. And it's surely not going to shut itself. The Bible says we have to go through these things. He says that he promised that we go through them, but you'll be with us. I'm like, this is not what I want to hear. <laughs> but you know what? As you study the word, you begin to see what Jesus did. Did, 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 did what Jesus did when he did those miracles and when he told, when he sent them with that message, he was sending John back to the word. He didn't tell him what he wanted to hear, but he sent him back to the word. John came preaching from Isaiah. And so, when, G, when Jesus spoke about these things, he was referring him back to Isaiah. John spoke of when he says I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness he was talking about Isaiah 40 verse 3 John was acquainted with the book of Isaiah so Jesus when he did these miracles he was sending him back to Isaiah 35 verse 5 and 6 
That's what he talks about. And so, in real truth, we see that what Jesus did to, co to confirm who he was to John, he referred him back to the words. That's what those men did in my life. They sent me back to the word. They could have told me some sweet nothings. They could have just pampered me, but it wouldn't sustain me. And today, you know, the day I then got married, I remembered that all things work together for good. And, and, and my wife is called Clotilda, but I call her Faith. Because she's surely the substance of the things I hoped for. <laughs> you see, and you can tell that, oh, if they told me something else, probably it couldn't have carried me. But they sent me back to the word. Church, I believe as we build community, as we are living in this year, 2018, we need to have people in our lives who begin to tell us back to the word, who begin to remind us what the word says, and they tell you that, hey, remember what God said to you. I was with you when God, when you received a prophetic word. Fight with that word. Remember the word of the year. Are you with me? Why don't we stand? You need people around you, people that build you up with the words, people that refer you and that speak life to you. Life is the word. And I've been in sometimes you can be around people who begin to say to you, no, 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 let's talk reality. I know what the Bible says, but let's talk reality. Can I tell you something? That's what Pastor Tom was saying, that there's the reality of this world. But the Bible says the word of God is the truth. Meaning that it is the highest form of reality. So you can tell them, yes, I see this reality. But I want to take it to the reality of the kingdom. The reality of the word of God. Let's declare, let's speak the reality of the kingdom. Which is more powerful. Speak 10 to 15 minutes every day. Declare the word. His word is as powerful in your mouth as it is in his mouth. Speak the word. Speak the word. Take territory by the word. Overcome by the words. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift up our hands to him and just begin to bless God for his word. Let's pray for understanding. Let's declare that we will hear and we will understand. We'll be able to see the things. Let's remind our, let's ask the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance the prophetic words spoken over us. Hallelujah. Come on, just pray and declare that in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your word. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that your word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we hold on to your word. And we believe it, Father, for the manifestation of that word. That word is becoming flesh in our lives. Father, we hold on to that word even when we are tested, when we are afflicted, when we are persecuted. Father, we hold on to your word because it is working, it's working in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.